0: The first July evaluation period is in the books. Let's get thoughts on several Purdue commitments and targets in 2024 and 25 with Brian Newbert from the road in Carolina. I'm Kyle Charters on Golden Black Radio. Brian, next, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Brian, live or at least live to tape uh, from South Carolina. You're still in South Carolina. Have you? Ventured? I'm in
1: North Carolina right now. Um, okay. I'm wait. Uh, I'm. Killing time by the airport in Charlotte, but the South Carolina border is not far from here, so I've been weaving in and out, in and out of the Carolinas here for the last couple days. <laughs> um, right now, I'm outside of Wendy's where i was I was killing some time this morning, and the woman in front of me in line ordered a uh, a leg and a wing. I think she thinks she was across the street at at Bojangles, but uh, got a. Re- <laughs> look from the employee it was <laughs> it was uh it, it was pretty funny
0: <laughs> well if you're on the road long enough you have good stories to tell i tried to remind you of one that apparently didn't involve you uh but it definitely involved me uh we'll have to get to the bottom of that <laughs> one all
1: right uh i think that was one of your fear and loathing trips that you just
0: <laughs> perhaps
1: uh, Crowd driving before oh, we hi. get
0: Too far off track, which we already are. Let's talk a little bit of uh, basketball recruiting. Uh, You were down uh, for reasons other than just the Bojangles and the Windies in South Carolina for the Adidas event. uh, Down there to watch some Purdue commitments and targets. Uh, Let's talk about a few of those, uh, Brian, at least a couple of them that you got a chance to see. Jakari Harris, uh, the Purdue target. Uh, Maybe you didn't get to see him quite as much as what you had hoped. Uh, He... Uh, hurt an ankle there late, didn't play in the last couple of games. But obviously, sort of Purdue's here, a number one uh, remaining target, is that fair to say, in 2024?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. They've got three offers. I Three offers that I presume to be live offers. Purdue doesn't kind of mess around with the whole committable, non-committable thing. Obviously, Obviously, sometimes the numbers take care of that for you. But uh, they've got offers out to Ja'Kari Harris, Travis Perry, Trent Burns. And I think that of those three, Ja'Kari Harris is the most of what Purdue needs right now. Obviously, they they need another guard here to go along with Raleigh Burgess, uh, Cannon Catchings, and Jack Benner. And I think Ja'Kari Harris, you know, is is different enough from Travis Perry where I would give Ja'Kari Harris the nod. In terms of need, uh, when you look at what Purdue has and what Purdue doesn't have, I would say Ja'Kari Harris gives Purdue a little bit more of a different element than than Travis Perry would. So I don't know if they have those internal conversations in terms of who they want more, but they have obviously liked Ja'Kari Harris and Travis Perry both for a very long time and would be willing to take both, I think, if – they're able to hit the jackpot and get both. That's a big ask, and uh, uh, but they do like both those guys. But I think, personally, my opinion is that is that Zachary Harris is the should be the A one guy because just his toughness, his defensive mentality, uh, coupled with his ability to, to make threes, he's a big time shooter too. Uh, it's just a really rare combination and something that could kind of kind of fill in some gaps on this roster moving forward especially defensively if you can get a defender like I think Tari Harris can be and not sacrifice shooting or offensive skill I think that's a guy that should be very very uh, highly coveted and I think that's where Purdue is with him right now they're in so in so deep with him and they're in such a good position with him now. I I, I think they've just got to get this guy at this point.
0: I think I've read that you, you've you characterized him as a pretty physical guy for his size.
1: Yeah, well, he's a big kid too. It's not like he's, you know, small. Uh, right. He's all of 6'4". Uh, uh, he's long, he's strong, he's physical, he plays physically. Uh, he really buy- he really buys into defense he really uses his body well he's really good at shedding people um he's not the quickest or fastest guy but he's got some quick twitch to him uh when he's going after steals and when he's 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 kind of, uh kind of badgering ball handlers things like that he's he's a physical specimen man he's 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 listed at 190 pounds, but if you told me he was 210, I wouldn't bet nine. Um, he's listed at 6'4". If he told me he was 6'5", I wouldn't bet nine. Not that there's that big a difference there between 6'4 and 6'5", but he looks bigger and he plays bigger uh, than he actually is. Uh, he just hasn't had many guys like him who are just that bought in defensively on the front end, that competitive. Um, I just think he could really, you know, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody and I said, you know, back in whatever year it was, 2014, 2015, Dakota Mathias was like a shell of himself. He was so, his freshman year was so sideways because of that illness. But when he was yeah. on the, Purdue was a better offensive basketball team just because he was out there, just because he was so good such a savvy offensive player that just having his mind out there, just having his 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 savvy out there made Purdue a better offensive basketball team. I think Jakari Harris could be that sort of guy that when he's out there just his mentality, just the way he plays would make Purdue a better defensive basketball team beyond just simply his responsibility. I just think what he does defensively is something that could that could elevate Purdue from a, a team wide perspective. Yeah,
0: you saw Burgess play too. Uh, speaking of guys who are <laughs> shells of their usual self, he's coming back from from the injury. But what impressions did you get uh, of seeing the the Purdue commitment back in action?
1: Uh, he's obviously not anywhere near what he will be uh, in a couple weeks, couple months. Uh, what he was a year ago at this time, he's not moving around all that well uh, relative to what I think he will be uh, at some point. Obviously, these were his first real games since coming back from the broken leg that cost him a year. He scrimmaged a couple times with high school in, in June, but he didn't really play real games. So these were his first like four real games uh, back and. Um. That context in mind, I thought he played really well. I thought he, he shot the ball really well. Um, I think that's a big-time part of his value. Like, I think he's really good three-point shooter, but also I think he was really active. I thought his energy um, was pretty tangible. I think he's, he's a naturally live-wire sort of young guy and mm-hmm. uh, very happy, uh, sort of excitable personality, uh, who's a great teammate. And that stuff kind of showed up a little bit. He tried hard when he was out there, even though he had some real limitations. Um, But he impacted games positively when he had every reason to sort of blend in and just kind of try to get his legs back under him, no pun intended. I I don't think his his conditioning is in in a very good place, um, understandably. Uh, But I think in a couple of weeks, you're going to see a very different player. And by the time his junior season rolls around in Cincinnati, you're going to see the player who earned all those national offers. Uh, And not by accident either. I think, you know, Purdue's got a pretty good player here. The thing is, you know, they recruited him as a forward. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how that works out for him at Purdue in terms of being a four or five combo personally I think he's he's better suited to become like a stretch five um but he has played forward uh, for his Indiana Indiana elite team quite a bit and he's played next to Florida so he, he knows how to play next to another great big guy um It's just a matter of where his best matchups are going to lie offensively and defensively at the next level. But Purdue recruited him as a forward. They're going to give him every chance to play forward. very similar to Caleb First, I think they're similar players. I think they're very similar uh, categories of player moving to the next level. And um, I think Burgess is bigger. And I think he's a little bit of a better shooter at this point because he's got experience doing it. Caleb first didn't have to shoot threes in high school. Um yeah. He did sometimes, but he didn't have, it wasn't part of his deal uh, for his high school. He also never had the experience. Riley Burgess has playing next to another really good big guy. Uh First did play next to some good big guys in, in, in grassroots, but nobody liked Florida Dunga, obviously. So, um, I think Burgess is a nice player, fits well at Purdue uh, or should fit well at Purdue and fits well in the composition of this class. Uh, I I just think what I saw this weekend was a fraction of what he'll be in a couple weeks.
0: As you mentioned, Purdue would take a couple of guards. Uh, Obviously, they have one spot, but they could oversign. Travis Perry would be uh, one of those possibilities. Where does he sort of fit in the picture?
1: Uh, he's a target. He, I mean, he's the same way he has all along. He's a priority. For the um, yeah. I personally think he's more of a secondary ball handler, combo guard than he is a pure point guard. I think a lot of coaches, a lot of college coaches, are starting to realize that as well. Um, at some point, you know, um. You have a lot of guards. Um, There's only so many minutes to go around, but Purdue's willing to take both of those guys. I I think that's a function of them being in so deep on both of them. I think Purdue's in a pretty solid spot with Travis Perry, as are some other people. I think Purdue's a clear leader for Ja'Kari Harris at this point. Um, Purdue will take them both. If this were a situation where Purdue was just starting all over again, just starting from scratch here, in this pursuit for guards. I don't know if they would be in a situation where they'd be wanting to take two more guards here the rest of the way. But when you get this close on good players, you've put a lot of time into and really like, um, you don't want to have to walk away from one of them. So I I think should things shake out a certain way for Purdue, they'd be willing to oversign to take both of them. I do think Matt Painter will be open to oversigning every year. Uh, I just think that's good business nowadays because – no idea what's going to happen with your roster. I think Purdue is going to be affected less by transfer culture than a lot of other people, but they're not going to be completely new to it. Um, so it's just good business to cover your backside by having more uh, schools committed than you have scholarships at times. Uh, that said, there does come a point in time where that 13 becomes a hard number. And you've got to get there. So it is a dangerous game, but there are a lot of dangerous games being played right now by a lot of people. Uh, this is just kind of the it's just kind of the conditions on the ground nowadays. But yeah, Travis Perry is still an absolute priority for Purdue. Uh, they've been to every one of his games um, here uh, during the June and July evaluation periods. Uh, he wants to come. He's coming.
0: Yeah, I think if I was a head coach, and clearly I'm not, I would just sort of count on having one departure a year. Um, I mean, that just seems like that's probably going to be the average. Maybe it, maybe it won't happen one year, uh, and then you find you find might find yourself in a little bit of a bind that you have to solve. Uh, maybe you you get yourself in a situation where you get a couple, but it just feels to me you got to sort of plan on that being the scenario these days.
1: Yeah, the problem that. Problem with that at Purdue is that you recruit guys a certain way. You recruit guys who want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. You recruit in, and you recruit guys who want to be at Purdue and fit well at Purdue. So you're basically front end vetting to find guys that are less likely to leave. But then in recruiting, when you're working with the numbers, you have to plan for guys leaving. So you're building a roster with the hope and intention that nobody's going to leave, but then you have to plan for somebody leaving. So at some point in time, there's going to come that year. And, you know, Purdue has been open to oversigning every year. They've just – it's not always worked out. Um, It's a situation where there's one more high-end guy out there willing to do it for, but that guy doesn't come or some other circumstance happens or somebody does leave um, and it all works out, stuff like that. But there are scenarios where that year comes where you get the guys you want in recruiting and then nobody transfers and then what <laughs> yeah. Um Now, I think Purdue's had enough NBA guys here lately uh, where... There were some things you could always plan for, like I think they knew as soon as Jay and Ivy got to campus that they weren't going to have this guy right know, for, for more than two years. I think you know they knew pretty quick with Zach Eady too that hey, this, this is a guy who's probably not going to be here for four years. Um, I don't want to I I, I I don't want to say out loud the possibilities moving forward here, but there are going to be some guys coming in the program here who are going to have opportunities to be NBA players if they do what they're supposed to do when they get to campus, if they pan out, if if they understand how to be productive right away, to do the things that can make them successful right away. Um, So I do think Purdue's been – things have kind of worked out in that regard. But at some point in time, you know, this is a dangerous game where if the best-case scenario happens in – recruiting but then the worst case scenario happens with your roster right? and you you sign five guys for four scholarships and then you only have those four scholarships when the time comes then uh, I don't even know what you do. Uh, It used to be where you used to uh, send a guy to prep school or something like that. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Um, You you know, JUCOs don't really, that's not really a thing anymore. You can't cut a guy loose. I I just, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't even know what you would do um, other than just hope you never run into that problem.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: I'm telling you, man, there are all these, all these dangerous games being played in recruiting these days with the way these numbers are working out and all of these different things coaches have to juggle. I have no sympathy for guys who make three, 4 million bucks a year to do this, but there are really, really, distinct challenges going on in recruiting right now for a lot of these people
0: yeah and a lot of it is all new and that that, that makes it uh that makes it very challenging um I mean I've I've always looked at it from a baseball pers- baseball recruiting perspective where they have 11.7 scholarships and you're trying to you're trying to juggle those things and guys coming and going with the draft and and all of that I mean it it, it has sort of become that way now not that it was ever easy but but in in basketball and football recruiting, where yes, you have uh, more scholarships, but you've got guys coming and going, and yeah. uh, at all times of the year, uh, it seems like it, it has got to be a and you've got money involved, uh, and and different personalities involved, different people involved. Uh, it it has to be in just incredibly complicated, more complicated even than it was ten years ago, and it was pretty complicated then.
1: Oh, it's it's exponentially more complicated now than it was ten years ago.
0: Yeah, uh, one of those uh, perhaps complications uh, is that uh, Purdue will Purdue will want to take a big man at some point here in the next couple of years. Perhaps one of those possibilities is, is Trent Burns, uh, the Texan, got an offer uh, from Purdue uh, in two thousand twenty four. Uh, so he's you know another one of those that has been offered uh, here in this recruiting cycle uh what are your thoughts on on that and purdue uh, looking at him
1: yeah i was hoping to see him this week i was going to go to the peach jam and see him but his team i kind of got here a little bit late and then his team wasn't playing on the day i was planning to go down there uh so i never got to see him uh just a kind of a uncommon deal for purdue it's very rare for them to just offer a guy that they haven't seen very much in person. Um, Which almost, especially with the scholarship crunch going on right now at Purdue, um, it's just surprising. Uh, He must be really good. Uh, He's also not really, from what I understand, he's not like a true center. He's kind of like a big skinny jump shooter, um, which is obviously something that has that has has tremendous value nowadays, uh, the way the game is going, but that's also not the way Purdue has been playing the last couple of years. He has really – he has put an emphasis on, you know, quote-unquote ultimate size, and I don't necessarily mean – that Trent Burns doesn't fit that because he's like seven, two, but because he's not that, he's not that, you know, um, that dump truck that Purdue typically has parked in the lane. Yeah. Uh, so I was surprised by all this. I don't know, uh, where Purdue's going to fit in there. He officially visited Purdue in June right away. Uh, I know he has some academic uh, interests that align with what Purdue has. Um, other than that, I, I don't really know a whole lot other than, you know, Purdue is going to have to have another center here, either in this class or the next class. Uh, they have one scholarship in 2025, and they're obviously in the scholarship situation now in 2024 that they're in. So uh, if this is the guy, you know, you filled that need, but you you filled it with a player who's not exactly your prototype. That doesn't mean you can't win with a lot of different types of guys. I mean, right. when you look, when you look at what Purdue's had at center here the last ten years, those are very similar sorts of players: Isaac Hassack, Ed, AJ Hammonds, Caleb Swanigan, but. You can still go back to Carl Landry, Jawan Johnson. It's not like Purdue's got to have that seven foot two, two hundred fifty pound guy. It's it's they've shown they can do it with all sorts of different guys, and you know, it seems like Trent Burns would certainly be a that different sort of guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, the team that was uh, within within what tenths of a second of the final four had a had a had a different guy uh, in Matt Harms than some of the other guys. Though he was tall, he was a certainly a, a different kind of player. Let's, uh, yeah. let's on the far end of Main Street, street in downtown to Lafayette. You'll find East 2025 in Duster the Classic. The restaurant is built uh, like a steakhouse, but handles like said, a bistro. We'll Easton Grills menu includes right creative now. starters, simple uh, salads, burgers, uh, fresh fish, and steaks, and, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Easton Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you are doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union. Your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Brian, 2025. uh, Tell me exactly what will happen.
1: (laughs) Uh, I can't imagine winding up with only one scholarship in that class. Uh, That's just not how things work. I know that I just outlined kind of the contradiction that is, you know, Purdue recruiting for retention on the front end. While also having to plan for for attrition, but it's just I just can't imagine them only having one scholarship in that class. Um, that said, you know, they have to move forward like they only have one scholarship in that class. And that means that there's gonna be some damn good players, you know, who under normal circumstances Purdue would be all over who they just can't do anything with. Um, because you can't recruit somebody in good faith. When you have no offers or you have no scholarships to offer and kids tend to know that sort of stuff. And, you know, Painter um, tends to be honest about that kind of stuff uh, to his credit, but also to his to his detriment at times. Um, I'll give you an example. Braylon Mullins at Greenfield Central is a kid who's playing right now like a really, really high end shooter and kind of offensive player under normal circumstances. Purdue would be all over this dude. Um, I don't think they can even recruit him right now because you've only got the one scholarship and that scholarship as of right now has to go to the front court because you need your next four man or you need a center. Yeah. Or you need both if you can get them. And, um, they're just in kind of a tough spot there. I think if you gave Purdue its choice and said you can have any 2025 you want right now that you're recruiting within reason, uh, and then you're done. I think they would take Trent Sisley um, because I think he's exactly what they want at at the four. Um, And I, I think he's the guy who can step in for them right away and, really help them. Um, that said, you have to have a robust recruiting board there because, you know, uh, I think that he's going to be a tough guy to get. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, Purdue is going to really target forward and center with that one or two spots they have in that 2025 class. Um, that's just kind of looking at the roster moving forward. Now I don't expect Purdue to have a lot of tumult on their roster, uh, like a lot of people will. But of course, when we look at the roster today, try to project moving forward, there's all sorts of, there's always going to be all sorts of moving parts, uh, too. But as of right now, uh, I think that's, that four or five kind of deal. Um, is where Purdue's need is gonna lie. But we'll also see where they are in a year. We'll see what what Raleigh Burgess looks like. You know, when he's fully healthy, we'll see what uh you know, we'll see what Trey Kaufman run and Caleb First look like. I guess I guess First will be gone, won't he? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the scholarship that, that they'll be filling. But we'll see right. what Trey Kaufman Run looks like as a fifth year senior. Um yeah. He could be a first team All Big Ten type of guy for all we know. Yeah in which you don't really need, you might not need that address right away. Um, so, uh, as of right now, they've got the one spot, and I I, I would assume that would be dedicated to the front court.
0: Yeah. All right, Brian, sounds good. Uh, say hi to Wendy for me and travel safe the rest of the way home. Thank you. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, Please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do
1: it for our show. For Brian Ubern, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.